Hey everyone, before we begin the episode I want to tell you that Stephen Thomas's new novel Knock Knock is available on the 9th of May 2023. Knock Knock is a fictional novel about a pair of podcast hosts, Cooper Cobb and Delilah Carney, that run a show talking about the notorious murderer of the Knock Knock killer attempting to solve the crime after Delilah's family was murdered by their hand. As the evidence mounts and they get closer to the truth, the pair begin receiving threats from the killer to shut down the podcast or share the same fate as their previous victims. Will they solve the case? Find out when Knock Knock by Stephen Thomas is released on Amazon, Barnes and & Noble and many other outlets on the 9th of May 2023. Put it in your diaries now. Alright then, on with the show. One, two, three, four... A new monitor. Is that something? Yeah, it could be. It Haven't could set be. it up yet, so. Right. It's less something than it could be. Is this your ultra wide monitor? Yeah, it's ultra wide and curved. Doesn't it what go do all the for? way around you in a circle? What do I need it for? I'm going to not have two screens anymore. I'm going to have one mega screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it called mega screen? Yeah. It's, 30, it's a 34-inch ultra-wide monitor. Corn maze. It's the LG okay. Mega Screen yes. corn maze. It's called an LG Mega Screen. Yeah. Corn yeah. maze edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. great. <laughs> I just don't want, I've got two That's screens, great. and they're different sizes and different resolutions because one's my laptop on a little stand and the other's a standard monitor, but they don't line up like the heights. I just want one big screen. I would like a bigger screen. Like I, we're doing a commentary uh, in in a couple of weeks' time, um, and I was thinking oh, I might stick it up on the TV. I might stick you guys up on my TV and do the podcast from my sofa next time. Hey, that yes. might be quite nice. That also, might be quite nice yeah. also, I just want to. I just want more shit. I just like buying shit. Yeah, you're a gadget boy, aren't you? Go go gadget boy. Yeah, go go gadget boy, and then a boy pops out <laughs> his arm. <laughs> Kill me! Kill me! Help and me. he's gone back in. He's gone back in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, on that note, hello and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. I'm just watching Lucas absolutely scarf some cheese down while I do the intro. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad in Your Head? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track. Asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we are, of course, asking, is, is it, it rad in your head? head? And to be clear, we're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead? Not, is it rad in your head in regards to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called, is it rad in your head? And which is now in your head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I've got one friend, and it's music. I love the artistry, the emotion, and also the context that surrounds music. With me, as always, is someone who said they do not care about art or talking about art doesn't often relate personally to music and has 100 friends but music ain't one of them it's lucas way i've got friends in the middle of that we have someone who can appreciate context art and subject matter is just learning how to convey that in the form of words and has me and lucas it's steve murphy i've got 104 cattle okay welcome to the back to the podcast we're obviously you know we're halfway through something. In general, we're going through the entire discography of creators of songs that incentivize the purchases of singles, Radiohead. And we're going to continue to explore a selection of B-sides from across the band's career in order to get a little closer to answering the question, what is music? And what is music, guys? 
Writing on paper bags. It's a song mm. that references a Beatles song in the title. Lovely, lovely. Mm. And that's that's where we're starting. We're halfway through uh, not only the B-sides that you guys helped us to pick, but we're also halfway through our exciting new game. And I shan't be explaining the rules because me explaining the rules is against the rules. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going <laughs> to kick off with the song that you guys both just mentioned, Paper Bag Writer. Pun, isn't it? Is it? It's a play on words Why? with the Beatles song "Paperback." Is writer. that a pun, though? Yeah, any play on words is a pun. Yeah, yeah. is that what it stands for? Play on, play, play on, on words. words. Yeah, play on words. Yeah, pun, pun, But it's also about writing. <laughs> but it's also about writing on a paper bag. Could be, could be. So it's about like you know in America how it's like. Open open alcohol container laws, and so people would, would drink like liquor out of a paper bag yeah. to hide. Yeah. But they'd write on it not liquor. And they'd write on it not alcohol. And they'd, they'd write on it Fanta. It. Yeah, they'd write Fanta, and then they, they think they're drinking Fanta. The loophole. Can I just double check if are, are you getting that from? Are you getting that from the lyrics that it's about writing on a paper bag? That's in the title, isn't it? Okay, cool. Because yeah. the lyrics are blow into this paper bag. I don't know if that illuminates anything for you. But hang on, you guys are supposed to be throwing out bloody guesses as to which well, album era this is from. Well, the I've got written down. The rest of the guess I've got written down was Kid A. But Steve, there's no singles for Kid A, so I'm gonna wait, guys, guys, yet. guys. Just this one here. Oh, it's a bloody double points. <laughs> uh, I, We're uh, opening the second am- half with Amos. double points. Unbelievable. Amos. Okay, he's <laughs> going amnesiac. <laughs> Thief, hail to thereof. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, so I think, and I don't know, maybe I'm being unkind. And maybe you guys will disagree with me. Sure. Maybe you'll agree with sure. me. I think this is absolutely throwaway. Yeah. yeah I don't it, really... It's a load of bits chopped together, isn't it? Um, I, I think I kind of have receipts for the idea that it was like deliberately throwaway. <laughs> you as have well. receipts so, uh, that would be in a paper bag. Oh. Uh, Tom did most of this on his own, just sort of playing around with stuff. And the the band added uh, various sources. Some say the band added a few bits here and there. Um, I've got a quote uh, from Colin that says, "Tom did it, I think, and we did some drums on it." Mm-hmm. And then he says, and yeah, it's kind of, it's just a bit of fun, really, I suppose. <laughs> and the, pa- the pause there, the pause there is excellent. It's, it's so telling. It's just a bit of fun, really, 
I suppose. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to sleep on the string situation. Sure. Synth, though, I think. I might. I might sleep with them. No, nah, no, nah, they're, they're real. They're real. Live orchestra. Steve, have a little sleep, mate. There he goes. <laughs> we can Good. talk now. Now we can I go on the I real mean, podcasting. They're, they're, they're kind of like chopped up or, yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, they're definitely chopped But I mean, uh, well, they might be real. I don't know. I who don't knows? fucking care. Who knows these days? Um, seems to be about having a panic attack, which, of course, Tom had a bunch of in, in some very specific parts of of his career. Um, you know, blow into this paper bag, go home and stop grinning at everyone. Uh, take your armour off, you're not under attack is quite a nice little reminder there. Yeah. It's ultimately, I, it's, it's, it's bad to open the, the, you know, the second part with a bit of negativity. It's ultimately quite repetitive, I think. Um, but notable for the fact that it took on a new life when Atoms for Peace played it at every single one of their shows. Did they? Especially with Flea playing that funky, funky bass line. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, funky, funky, funky. So they, Did he yeah, have his cock was, out? I don't think so. It's not really in no. keeping with the Atoms for Peace vibe. Tom York did, though. <laughs> yeah, Tom did. Tom did. Yeah, he, yeah. Was wearing, he was wearing a top. He just didn't have trousers on. He still had his socks and shoes. <laughs> yeah. Flapping about. Yeah. 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 Is there a funnier look? It is than a man the worst way to get socks on. Unchanged. Yeah. And all oh, your God, top business. And all your top business, but then just nothing on your legs. You're like a chicken, don't you? It's like Winnie the Pooh. Like Winnie yeah. the Pooh, but also with socks and or shoes. Yeah. The, oh, shoes as well. Shoes. Because how did you get the trousers off? <laughs> and a belt. You're wearing a belt. Well, you know, you never put them on. You never put the trousers on. belt. You're wearing a belt. You've put the belt on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Guys, obviously, look, double points on this one. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of pressure here. Uh, Lucas, you've said amnesiac. Steve, you've said hail to the thief. We've talked a little bit about it being kind of a Tom solo track. Does anyone want to switch up? Do, are people sticking? What's going on? The last time we talked about something being a Tom solo track, it was from amnesiac. So I don't know if that trips you up either. I'm sticking. I, I, sticking I'm, too, I I'm too scared of, of busting yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, <laughs> always are. Yeah, especially when he's got only his shoes and t-shirt on. And a belt. <laughs> I'm sticking with Hell to the Thief. I like you're that. made out of Hell to the Thief. Good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Thanks, um, so, Steve, double points there, my friend, for sticking with the correct <gasps> answer. Well That's well four points. Well done, then- you me clever boy. Oh, Lucas, obviously, well obviously nothing there. Um, so Adam proves sure. up four points there as well. No, I only get two. I only get two there. Oh, it's it's you only, it, it only dubs if you get it right. And I'm just taking, you know, what you would have, you, you know, it's, you know, very honourable, very yeah. honourable, very honourable, very, very honourable. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's a Tom solo track uh, before he has the guts to go solo. Um, it kind of would fit on the eraser. Uh, it was played by the band put together to perform the eraser. It just predates it a little bit, but not by much. Um, you might remember that Tom wrote the music for Harrowdown Hill around the Hail to the Thief sessions, which doesn't sound a million miles away from Punch Up at a Wedding either, or this. Uh, you know, that kind of baseline-driven stuff was obviously on his mind around 2002, 2003 sort of time. Um yeah, good work, Steve. Correctly identified. Yeah, I mean, Off my, to a my, flying start. 
thank you very much. My thoughts mm. were, I originally thought that, that era that, that Lucas thought, but then I thought the strings and the kind of choppy uppiness, like that, that choppy uppiness, yep, chucked me to King of Limbs, but then I brought myself back because of the choppy uppiness. Mm. Then I brought myself back, and, I, and that's where I landed. So interesting, interesting, mm. interesting, interesting. The next track is called Maquiladora. <laughs> discussion i want album name album name let's go guys if this isn't the bends i'm gonna shoot myself in the fucking head jesus christ I jesus, you. jesus. <laughs> i mean he also didn't just say the name of the album he said a whole of other business yeah i know well, uh, i give I'm you any sure you i'm gonna I, I, I might be the first guess of this but either any of us so far i'm gonna guess pabbers big old pabbers big pabbers i mean big we've pabs. heard this before uh yeah yeah um, no it's a foo fighter song isn't it yeah. It's called it's called My Hero. Is it is <laughs> yeah. it similar? It's the same. I don't know that Foo Fighters. Now, 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 is the same as the era hero. that you've guessed, Pablo Honey, or or even Steve's the Benz, because they're quite close. Is that pre Foo Fighters or post Foo Fighters? Uh same. Foo Fighters started in like when did Kurt Cobain die? Ninety three. Oof, I don't know. So Foo Fighters were like ninety four, ninety five, but then this is My Heroes on like their yeah, because the whole third album. So it's like late nineties would have been My Hero, I think. Okay, interesting. Let's Google it. My Hero, (laughs) Fighters. When we heard this, we liked ninety seven. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We we liked all the diddly doos, and you know what? I I still like the diddly doos. That high little guitar bit. I mean, you know what I'd call it, Adam. Go Go on, tradition. It's tradition. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, real tradition. It's, it's real classic standard guitar riff stuff. Tradition. It's got a big chunky riff that. But there's lots of little interesting little riffy parts going on all over the place, like as well as the high end thing. And it just it stops and it starts and there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of tension. Reminded me a bit, and this is not necessarily a clue. Reminded me a bit of just the way that that like stops and starts and you have lots of different sort of textures and tones going on at the same time. Um, Steve, it seems like you responded very positively I, to this song. I fucking love this song. Man, hey, I mean... Well, it's track I, seven rock song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> track, the B-side is track in seven In terms rock of song. placement in this whole playlist, it's around that region. It's around what, two-thirds 12? the way through. It's around, it's around two-thirds. It's around two-thirds. It's around two-thirds. You have to admit that 12 out of 20 is about two-thirds. <laughs> I guess so, sure. <laughs> Hey man, I, I've guessed the Benz, and man, I love I love the Benz so much. You love the Benz. You're a Benz I, boy. You're a Bendy what? boy. 
I'm a bendy boy. I am going to have a real battle within my head about which album is my favourite Radiohead album. Well, it's okay, computer. There's really no discussion about it. Um, so, yeah, it's in rainbows, uh, and there's no discussion about it. Yeah, bit of a tradish song though. Sounds like Foo Fighters, who, as we know, very tradish band. Very tradish. Not there. Do you know what genre Foo Fighters are? Rock, rock, rock. That's one word. Nothing. No alternative. Nothing. Rock, rock music. Yeah. Absolutely no edge to the Foo Fighters at all. Um, no, that's a new two. A Macuiladora is a kind of Mexican factory that existed in the mid-70s, tax-free, tax-free zones, very close to the Mexico-US border. Yeah, uh, They were owned and operated by US companies, of course. It's that classic late capitalism outsourcing thing. The Macuiladoras in general have a lack of respect towards environmental protection, they have poor working conditions, very low pay, all things that wouldn't be tolerated in the US. So they save money by outsourcing to countries where it's allowed, basically. Um, the, the song wraps that up into like an ominous feeling with little bits of specificity running, running through it. He says uh, that he can feel it coming, the hills exploding. It seems to fall out of the sky. But he also specifically name-checks Toyota. He mentions the I-5, which is the US highway that, that runs to the Mexican border. Um, blue and white birds stepping hard on the pedal, Interstate 5 runs straight through the middle. And, and the imagery of environmental de- uh, devastation that these factories cause is really nicely put with... Grass is green at the edge of the bubble. That's a, that's a really like evocative lyric, I think. It's a much more specific kind of songwriting than you would hear. I don't think any of us think this is from a moon-shaped pool, right? That kind of like oblique songwriting, yeah. very, Steve, very do different. Reckon, do you think that's like... Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to put you off the set. <laughs> he, he, said, he said the album, so... He said there'd be red herrings. <laughs> yeah, 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 I reckon that's did. a red herring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, Steve's going to stick with the Benz just because he's a bendy boy. I'm a bendy boy, and I'll just reiterate, if this isn't the Benz, I'm going to shoot myself in the fucking head. So this is going to be an interesting episode, if I get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be quicker, I suppose. Lucas, you you say Paris. Would it be quicker? Because we would would presumably carry on, but we'd also have to deal with Steve shooting himself in the head. So We're in different houses, mate. I don't have to deal with anything. Uh, Would you not even call the police? I'd probably turn the camera off. (laughs) Can we turn his camera off? I can. I'm the host. I can turn his camera. Yeah, yeah. Leave the meet, leave the meeting. Start a new one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to deal with that. Uh, have you have you been swayed at all by how sure Steve is? No. Okay. No, because it sounds so. It doesn't have any. It's, this sounds like such a like a just an early rock song. It's just a rock song. Steve gets two points. Lucas uh, gets no points. So I'll hoover duck. up those little two points. It is fuck. indeed from the Benz, but fuck. here's something. We've we've heard it before because they played it on the live at the Astoria show that we watched. I recognised it, yeah. It is a demo that predates Pablo Honey. Well, advantage, but it was <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it was released. Well, I hope you do well as a B side uh, for the bands. That specific kind of storytelling mixed with image based lyrics is so present on the bands and OK Computer. Although less so on OK Computer. It's almost disappeared by Kid A. The closest we get to something like this is optimistic. But instead of naming specific car manufacturers, he says dinosaurs roaming the earth. Yeah. Which is a different vibe, isn't it? What's that? Yeah. Why? Why such a different vibe? Do you think it's maybe it's youth? 
when you're young, you feel like you can call out specific people? Or Nat West. Nat West Barclays Midlands Lloyds, indeed. Yeah. Right early on in that their career, isn't it? That their career. <laughs> and it's difficult to imagine them singing Nat West Barclays Midlands Lloyds. And that, or, well, they'd probably still sing it, but they wouldn't write it that head-on, right? It would be... No, um, they wouldn't, because they're in Radiohead, and the other, that's from The Manics. Yeah, no, I was talking about the panics. But you're oh. right, we're a Radiohead show and we should keep it on topic, to be honest. We should, you're right, thank you for steering me back yeah, to it. Yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome. Um, uh, are you sure this is a Radiohead show? Uh, I think it's the... Well, it's not, it's a music show and we happen to be doing a season on Radiohead. But guys, how can you be sure? Didn't even see it coming, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? And yet I'm really pleased it happened. <laughs> Radiohead song. Mm-hmm. That's pretty astute, actually. I'm glad we've got to the point in this season, right towards the end, where you can identify a Radiohead song in the Radiohead yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because earlier on, you played a song by the Smiths, and that That's didn't true. sound like a Radiohead song. What about when I played the Radiohead playing the Smiths? Nah. Mm. Okay. That, Just that nah. Sounded like, that sounded like Just, Manistry Preachers. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it kind of did, actually. Yeah. What are you saying about this song, guys? It's pretty standard. And as such, I think it's early because it's pre-business. Yeah. <laughs> pre-business. So, what did I say last time? Oh, it's Pablo, honey. Uh, Durbens. Please stop. It's, it's pretty, pretty aggressive. Pretty aggressive. Uh, Steve, what are you going with, mate? Yeah, it's the Benz. It sounds like high and dry, but somehow even more high, high and, and dry. dry. Somehow even more like Travis doing a cover of High and Dry. <laughs> it's higher and drier. Yeah, uh, well, it's lower yeah. and drower though, because if it sounds like Travis <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing a, a version of Radio, lower it's and lower, drower. lower and wetter. No, you went drower. <laughs> no, drower is the opposite good. of dry. <laughs> the opposite uh, of dry, dry is drow. Dry and drow. Pretty sure I'd not really heard this one that much in my own Radiohead expeditions, but it got a lot right. of listener votes. Did it? Uh, and I actually quite like it. it. It feels dreamy with a little bit of bite uh, and is absolutely in that acoustic rock mode of Radiohead, right? Um, 
It also has something that I think is completely unique across the band's entire back catalogue. Can you, can you, either of you put your finger on what it is? Organ, midi thereof. No, loads of organ all over loads of Radiohead songs. Oh, no, I can't. Guest vocals. Oh, really? Oh, it's okay. the... Someone else. The, 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 there are female backing vocals across a lot of this. And it works really well, I think. Um, the singer is Diane Swan of the band The Julie Dolphin. And we've encountered Diane Swan before, and I wonder if you can remember where. Um, Tom originally wanted to change the title, but couldn't come up with anything better, so it was released as How Can You Be Sure? Uh, on the Japanese edition of the album uh, that it's related to, it was a bonus track titled When I'm Like This, uh, which is also in the lyrics. Uh, it seems to talk about mental health whilst being in a relationship. How are you still smiling when I'm drunk again? Or when I'm like this, etc. You know, there, there was a period of, of Tom's life in which he was drinking quite heavily. So it might be in reference to that or looking back on that, uh, maybe. I think it's a nice, gentle, acoustic rock song. Definitely, you know, you guys have both gone pretty early with your guesses. Definitely kind of sounds like a blueprint for the first Coldplay album. Uh, for Travis, for yeah, yeah. all of that sort of like acoustic Britpop kind of thing, doesn't it? It's dull. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what. Yeah, 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 that's what I was saying. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Really dull. <laughs> it's yeah, I dull. I couldn't it's be more dull. sure. But uh, yeah, there's not there's not much I can add to it apart from the fact that it's just like it. You've got to give it to them though that, that this does predate all that. So fair play. Um, right. Yeah, it's hard when you hear something that sounds really like standard. Yeah. To to remember that it became the standard because people copied it, and it's yeah, not yeah. Sta- at the time it wasn't standard. But the better versions of this were on that album. So the album being the album being the Benz. So Steve, sticking with the Benz. Yeah. Lucas, what are you? What are you doing? Too scared to bust out. I'm gonna stick with the Benz. Mm. Okay, both two pointers there. Yeah. Both two pointers. Yeah. Both correctly uh, sticking with the Benz. Colin really loves this track. He wanted Ooh. it to be on the Benz, what an idiot. Uh, but was overruled. <laughs> that's, that's why he's um, the worst <laughs> member of Radiohead. Oh, well, leave Colin but li- alone. But listen, listen to this though. It, it, it was recorded uh, quite late into the process of, of that album. You might remember that they had the bulk of the bends done, but needed to touch up a few things and record a few extras, one of which was Sulk, which was the last song to be added to the bends, and this is from that same session. I actually maybe prefer this to Sulk. I like maybe. Sulk. I like Sulk a lot. I know you like Sulk. Yeah. You're a Sulk apologist. I'm a Sulky boy. You're a bendy boy, boy and a, a Sulk bendy apologist. Sulky boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, you know, uh, but it's, it's, it's maybe too similar to Fake Plastic Trees. It's maybe too similar to, uh, yeah, yeah, your, your high and dries. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Diane Swan, who does, who does the backing vocals, is one of the only people, aside from Clive Deemer, to play as an additional musician for Radiohead. She played the synth on Street Spirit on the Live at the Astoria VHS that we watched. Very cool. Uh, when they played it before, before the bends came out. Guys, uh, Steve... Flying start here. You haven't got a single one wrong in this second half. I had a string where I was very confident, and I can't wait for that to come crashing down. Okay. (laughs) Will it come crashing down with this one? Inside my head. Nope.
Oliver, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not great, is it? It's Pablo Honey, and I couldn't be more sure of anything in my fucking life. <laughs> Should probably threaten to shoot myself again, I guess. I always threaten to shoot yourself. Okay, I hope you do well, Luke. I, Always I at least threaten it. Always the same. I agree. I agree because it because it just sounds it just sounds bollocks. I wouldn't even be surprised <laughs> if you tell me that it's it predates Pablo Honey, but it was recorded in sessions and it was, you know it was recorded in an earlier session pre Pablo Honey and then yeah. it was used as a single one. You know, used as a B side on a single. Like on a Friday it's, one. It's just a load of old rubbish. Shindig. <laughs> it's just a bit of bollocks. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, it was originally going to be a single but then used as a B-side on the single for its replacement. So it's not even on the album. It's a naughty little rocker. And I, I have to say, I, I included it because of the interesting single context, but also because I always forget that Tom can or could do that with his voice. Right. There's a real, like, grit to it. Yeah. Especially on the line, I've got a disease, an English disease, you know, when <laughs> yeah. he's doing all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it also has, I think it has kind of a cool Americana surf rock aspect do, 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 to it a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Especially that bass line, which is very driving, but it's also quite melodic. It's quite bluesy. And, and those verses, they're so like tight and wound up, which is why his, his voice is all like growly and kind of restrained. And then the choruses, there's just this huge explosion. And they're fully in their quiet, loud, quiet obsession. Uh, just kind of mimicking Pixies in, in that regard. Um, and it's quite a confrontational lyric, which we, you know, we don't see that much of, uh, you know, these days in Radiohead, you know, the Moonshaped Pool era. Um, what do you want from me now? You've got me. There's references to being trapped or, like, tied up. It's about BDSM, isn't it? It could be. He's literally tied to a bed. Tied to uh, a bed and getting a Chinese point. burn, which is, you know, famously a very sexy thing to do to someone. That's quite. You tie them to a bed and give them a fucking Chinese burn. I twist and turn in a Chinese burn. It's quite evocative. We've all felt that pain. It's Mm. a very specific kind of sense memory, the Chinese burn. When was the last time you received a Chinese burn? Can we call it a Chinese burn? I'm bullied all the time. People just come up to you on the street and just go, idiot, and Chinese burn you. And they twist my nipple and stuff and they call me an idiot. That's a purple nipple. That's a nipple cripple, isn't it? Oh, Oh, you've got (laughs) two different things there. Um, Uh, It. uh, you say Thanks, about uh, the, you say about it's um, vocally. You're saying you know the, the quite loud, quite loud thing. But I actually think it's largely just. I think one of the reasons it's the vocal style on this song is as it is, is because it's an early song and he hasn't yet got that confidence. Yeah, agree. To do any of yeah. the Meh! and any of that gubbins. It's I early. Think, but then Tom. the chorus is quite. Meh! Yeah, but I think you that know? when he goes to that register, he can't keep the gruffness. I think he's trying to do a gruff rock voice. But it sounds like, you know, like something a 16-year-old could be in a game. I, I think that that difference in performance between the chorus and the verse is very deliberate. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. <laughs> I, 100%. I don't think Tom York's done anything deliberate in his entire life. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good argument. Yeah. Um, Tom said, the song is about getting in a car and ramming the shop where I used to work. I just wanted to do that so badly. <laughs> Oh, wow. Which is not hugely present in the song. Uh, maybe he's like trapped at whatever retail job he's working. It's a very teenage conceit, maybe. Uh, you've actually heard this before, but I shall, I shall say no more. I shall say no more, and I'll wait oh, for you that, to lock in your... That narrows it down guesses. to all the albums. <laughs> Pablo Honey. It's Pablo Honey. So that is zero points <gasps> to me. Oh, you both got. Little, 
<laughs> you both got two points there. Oh. You, you've heard this before because we played it during an early episode of our season on Muse to show That's the similarities really. between both bands' very early demos. That's this is a insane. very early demo. Lucas, you were spot on that it's like shindig on a Friday era recorded around the time of the Pablo Honey Sessions. This was going to be what they released instead of Creep. This would have been their introduction to the mainstream world. And I highly, highly doubt this would have taken off in the way that Creep did. What do you think? Uh, Speak on that. (laughs) I mean, it's not as good as Creep. Do you know what I think? Do you not think that bollocks song is not as good as Creep? I think it's all right, though. I don't think it's too bad. I like that version of Radiohead. It just doesn't... Like in terms no, of it not, cameras. It, in terms of it not making Pablo Honey at all, it's because it's too angry, right? Yeah. The decision to go with Creep over this probably also affects that record on the whole. I think the album ends up being much more grand and melodic than Inside My Head wants to be. It's much you, more aggressive. I do want to go back to Pablo Honey out of interest because I haven't listened to it since mm. we listened to it. Well, and we'll I remember pa- being we'll do a fairly... Patreon season. Is it still rad in our noggins in a few years' time? Gonna be honest, Steve. That's always the case with everything you've ever heard. You haven't listened to it since you've listened to it. What are you talking about? Since we covered it. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's like saying my where like it's like saying my, your keys are always in the last place you look. Of course they are. All right, Lee Evans. Yeah. Is that a Lee Evans bit? <laughs> it's a Lee Evans bit yeah. that I found like hilarious when I was ten. And now it just leaves me <laughs> yeah, like I get stone it. cold. <laughs> just doesn't he hate his wife, Leo? Doesn't that thing about his wife though? Yeah. Stuff about his hates wife. His wife. Fuck it, hates his wife. Um, I mean, so would I, so I'd hate her too because she's someone who willingly married Lee Evans. Yeah, <laughs> so I she's mean, obviously yeah. a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> How I made my millions. in it because it's really nice yeah what I, what I was saying earlier well i say earlier last week i guess mm-hmm. week before i don't know how we fucking release these anymore uh when we we're talking about what one was it bit uh uh the bishop's robes no what was the one that was quiet and acoustic gagging order mm. and i said like 
I didn't really rate, and I much prefer the Tom with a piano quiet songs. Yeah. yeah. E.G. 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 Pointing e. This song called I've Forgotten. How I, How I Made My Millions. I, I will say that I, I reckon, in terms of what we're, like, the game that we play on this episode, those kind of solo songs, difficult to pin down yeah, an era, probably. Yeah, it really is. I've just made a total Give it guess. a go, though, to kick us off. Uh, in Rainbows. I haven't done any of that late, and I'm still, and I'm, and I'm not going to start now. Uh, I don't think it's the first two. I don't think it's, I think it's, I think it's like uh, Kid A or, or, or oh, Kid A has no, has no B-sides, though. Uh, you sure? Cheers, I mean, Steve, mate. I mean, I, I said solid. that. Do you believe me? I've got loads of stuff. I wrong. do, Steve. I do believe you, mate. You're a knowledgeable man. Um, He's got so loads wrong. Go with, uh, what does he know I'm, about cameras? Yeah, I'm going to go with OK Computer. I'm going to go with OK Computer. Okay. Try, try and stop me. Computer. Okay. Computer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Computer. Computer. Lovely. It's, it's a I, compulsion. I like that you can hear. Um, the sounds of the keys being pressed, the, the, the pedals, the seat squeaking, and the pedals, the and snare stuff. It's drum. that very analog, very like acoustic sound of still being able to hear all the business. It's like when you hear a guitar and you can hear the strumming. It's that nice sound. It's not just that. It's it's, it's a very <gasps> lo-fi recording. I mean, I think this is one of my favourite Radiohead songs. Like this is got to be a tape recorder just slapped on top of the piano, right? You can hear the snare drum rattling on the drum kit in the in the room. Well, there's no drum kit um in the room tom recorded it himself at home uh the thing you can hear in the background is rachel tom's partner at the time putting away shopping and doing the washing up no way that sounds exactly um, like when we used to practice and you would be doing a quiet part and i'd i'd have to turn my snare off so that you could play it because otherwise it was rattling around the room that's really cool i like that it's plastic bags yeah she's just in the kitchen next door sort of like rattling around um tom then brought this recording to the band to work on and it was another one of those things where they went well like what what the fuck mate what do you want us what do you want, want us to, to do with that to this yeah just, exactly just get on it's already it. already perfect uh, ed and phil said it blew them away um so they left it uh they left it as it is which is very sparse yeah both in instrumentation and lyrically it's literally just tom sat at a piano always the same uh the, <laughs> the lyrics are sort of <laughs> The lyrics are sort of oblique, and they're likely a first draft, right? That's just him feeling out the song. If he'd gone away and they'd worked on it as a band, he'd have rewritten lines, he'd have worked out what it was about, he'd have been making some kind of point, they'd have put, like, fucking... Imagine if they'd done the fog treatment on this song, right? Right, yeah, like, yeah. There'd have been, like, drum parts and, like, a bass part or whatever, loads of tambourine. Always tambourine, always <laughs> Um But the lyrics, they are, it's just like... I was stronger, I was better, uh, I picked you out. It ends on like this beautiful refrain of um, of let it fall. It's very beautiful, I think. Um, and it just shows that like, th- th- this is what comes out of Tom York when he just sits down at a piano. And it's not like the most cleverly written song or whatever, but it's so, it is so, it's so pure. It's it's just it, you, you're you're watching someone probably like play something for like the the second or third time. You can hear him get the rhythm wrong at one point. You know mm. you're, you're listening to him right. It's a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting insight into how Tom York, one of our greatest songwriters, goes about writing his songs. Um, this might unlock something for you. When Tom recorded it by himself, he recorded it to mini disc. Oh, legend. <laughs> Ooh. A pointless format. 
uh, yeah, this is the exact sort of Radiohead song that I, I stick one of these on every album, in my opinion. Yeah. At yeah. least. I don't know, quite a few of them do have a song like that. Yeah. But, but like, <laughs> it's just lovely. Just Tom. Tom should tour it. Tom should do a little tour. Of this, of just of this song. And a piano and play things like videotape. And yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love like a solo Tom. Like just he's just got one acoustic guitar and one piano on stage, and then yeah, no business. Lovely, yeah, no business. Yeah. And much as yeah. I love business, no business. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a great. Um, there's a bit of business, okay, Lucas. But there is an incredible solo Tom York, just a piano performance of Bloom. Uh, that I'm going to show you after this episode because there's no other. Um, no other opportunity to show you that. We'll watch that together and we'll, you know, hold hands while we do it. Yeah, we'll hold hands and we'll kiss <laughs> yeah. to uh, Tom York's solo performance on the piano of Bloom. Um, okay, we should probably formalise some uh, some guesses and stuff here. Steve, uh, what, what are you saying, my, my good man? It was just, I, I, I took a wild guess and it was like similar to videotape kind of stuff, but so I'm sticking with In Rainbows. Mm. And Last Flowers as well, uh, which is from the In Rainbows era. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sticking within rainbows. Because what, what do you reckon? You said uh, you said okay, computer. If I'm not terribly mistaken, you are not terribly mistaken. I did say that, Adam. And given that we've not really talked about much about the context of the song in terms of sort of you know the stuff it's surrounding, I've got no reason to change my mind. To be absolutely honest with you, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with okay, stick with okay, computer. God, fucking sake. So uh, that's two points to Lucas. No, lovely. Points to Steve. Well done. Oi, oi. Oh, Lucas, I'm so proud it, of it, you. It is. It is from the OK Computer era. I mean, I did say he recorded it to mini disc, Steve. Oh yeah, yeah but like, he could have <laughs> record- well, yeah, but having said that, Adam, this is radio. Yeah, Radiohead right? could have recorded it to mini disc yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and that was their <laughs> yeah. constraint yeah, yeah. in the recording studio that they could only record it to mini disc because you know the producer told them that was what they're doing. Uh, that that's how Tom York wrote. All of the OK Computer era and that's stuff. He recorded leaked. everything to mini disc, and and we're going to talk about the mini discs next oh, week. Is, is what we're going to do. Um, oh. <gasps> okay, well that's the change ends. Okay, yeah. So gonna switch us bear with me two Zoom. seconds. I'm going to switch you. Steve goes there. This goes there. It's good just for me. <laughs> just for me. Yeah. Okay. All, it doesn't change anything for, for you or the listeners. Yeah. And now you guys are in the right place. Uh, and we can listen to polyethylene. Parts one and two. Good. We'll listen to both parts. Mm. Go.
Fucking hell, to be honest with you. F- fucking hell. Yeah. TBH with you. Yeah. TBH with you. Fucking hell. It's a B side. It's a B side. Why? It's a B side. It's a B side. Can you it's imagine a, this uh, huge oh, song? Uh, anyway, where, where, where's, where's it a B side from, guys? Uh, I don't know. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, good. So okay, uh, cool. I've, I've, I mean, I assumed that neither of you knew. I don't <laughs> like. I don't. I don't like using like met. I hate trying to like meta my way around it. But the last one was OK Computer, and so part of me is like, well, it can't be OK Computer because of that like nonsense. That that. Uh, fallacy. Oh, you're playing the meta game. Yeah. Yeah, but like the, that was my immediate reaction was OK Computer, uh, just because it sounds like sort of early Radiohead, but not super early Radiohead. Pre-synths, post-boring. Loads of synths on this, though. Uh, well, you know what I mean. It's not like electronic. It's not an electronic song, is it? It's got lots of guitars and lots of other stuff. I see, yes. No, we, yes, don't, yes, we yes. don't need to litigate it, all right? I'm going to say yeah, okay. computer, and then if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and that's and we're fine. Steve, what do you reckon? Okay, computer. Oh, well, that makes me more confident. This got very, very close to being on the album that it was recorded alongside. Um, but it only made it to B-side of the lead single. And something that we don't talk about a whole lot when we talk about B-sides, if you went out and bought the lead single, yeah, you would hear the B-sides from that single before you heard the actual album. Yeah, that's true. Oh, interesting. That's a good point. Uh, I remember getting the uh, Your Love Alone Is Not Enough CD singles and hearing things like Boxes and Lists and Welcome to the Dead Zone before I'd heard anything else off of Send Away the Tigers. Yep. Um, so tracks like this, a B-side from the lead single, they aren't just throw away, oh, a bunch of B-sides. Maybe they are to some bands, but for other bands, and I would include Radiohead in this, it's them setting out their stall and saying, this is what we sound like now. This is what we're going for in this era or for this album. Polyethylene, parts one and two, uh, is a great example of that. I think people would have heard this before hearing the opening track of the album it's associated to. Uh, And so what's going on with it? It is a song with multiple parts, a soft acoustic opening, and then a much more rock-driven second part. So is that the split between parts? Yeah, when he goes right and then counts in again. Yeah, okay. and and it has these very digital-sounding synths and, and like a descending riff, which is in nine, and the rest of the song is in four. They add a they add a beat on. Um, it's like a knotty little rhythmic trick that makes you wait for the release of that descending riff. You think it's it should come in a beat earlier than it does, and it doesn't. It makes you wait for the the kind of the explosion. It's not where you think it should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's great to have that interesting stuff happening inside a song that just kind of fucks. It, it's, it's so fucking great. It's so epic. Yeah. It's so sweeping. It's so big. And then Tom's vocals are amazing. They're like really fragile in part one, which part one, even he doesn't know the lyrics to. So we're fucked there. Um, right. The standout bit is like, if I get scared, I'll just call you. That bit. Um, which comes after him saying that he just got paid and like might be going out. So we're possibly in, you know, scary night out territory. Out, 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 though. Out, out. out. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then the second part seems to be about the glorious escape from that city or escaping from 
modern life. Um, so sell your suit and tie and come and live with me. And then a lot of the song is this weird amalgamation of things that we just sort of see in our everyday modern lives. And the way that they're placed next to other things makes them very unsettling. Leukemia, schizophrenia, polyethylene. There is no significant risk to your health. This reads like a marketing for like a pharmaceutical company or something, which is paired with she used to be beautiful once as well. And then the second verse is almost like sloganeering. Plastic bag, middle class, polyethylene, decaffeinate, unleaded, keep all surfaces clean. There's loads of like social advertising media stuff caught up in there with the repetition of polyethylene, which is the world's most used plastic, which at the time you couldn't recycle. Something something widespread, pervasive that you can't get rid of, like both metaphorically speaking and in actuality at the time. I think it's one of their best songs. It's it, like I, I think it's absolutely incredible. Um also recorded live. You can hear him count it in. Um uh, the yeah the the well first of all what's with cow because cool. it's cool isn't it that's I mean, him saying he wants to go oh, i will say that why that is he doing he is it in not, a silly voice because he's silly tom yeah. is silly Ow. um because <laughs> uh, he's a silly little boy he's just saying go uh it's worth pointing out that part one was not actually played just before part two uh they're like spliced together but the count in for part two is real the uh the one two three when I first heard it and I know it's obviously not uh, it obviously isn't this person but I pictured this person saying these words because it sounds like them is uh well Na- Susie Izzard oh yeah as, as of literally one day ago the new na- the the preferred yes. name of artist formerly known as Eddie Izzard yeah. um just that one two three I was like what is that? Yeah, I mean they're quite classic. They're, they're kind of like upper class posh people, aren't they? Yeah, Tom that's and true, Susie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fair. But it's, I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know the the silliness because it also has a little bit of a silly like one, two, three. I don't know. It's a weird observation uh, of a song that of a song that I weirdly didn't respond too hugely to. Wow. Uh, despite the fact that you guys massively did, I, I agree uh, with Adam. I think it's disgusting. like oh, it, I don't. No, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad though, but I'm not like. Whoa. That's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. Be- be- best thing of all the B sides, I reckon. A few more listens, and this would have this could this could get high up in my radio yeah, yeah. tracks. Yeah, could it get yeah. dry up? Mm. It's not bad. I don't mind it. Yeah. Um. You know the 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 cheeky little count in him going go quite like you know sort of like funny sort of stuff. You both said OK Computer. Not typically a funny era for Tom York, is it? Massively funny. Well funny. Do you not remember? The most people's easy. Yeah. The most easy. I was gonna say the most thingy lying mouth, yeah. that's the wrong era. Yeah, it is the wrong era. Yeah, happy yeah. is pretty funny. Yeah, it's, it's pretty actually funny. no, actually you're right, actually. Oh uh, ruffle. Um, <laughs> cracks me <laughs> up. If ever I'm having a bad day and I'm just like, I need a little <laughs> chuckle. I need a little just something to chip. I'll just stick on to feel happier. I'll have a right old lol and then I'll just get on with my day. <laughs> Genuinely makes me laugh. What are we uh what are we saying, guys? Overwhelming. Further cemented my idea that it is okay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Both stick in, both big points for the pair of you. It's so obviously like 100% exists in the world of OK Computer. It's track two on the lead single, which was Paranoid Android. Uh, And then the track after this was Pearly, with all of its stuff about how do you get your teeth so pearly. That was the introduction to the world of OK Computer. 
for a lot of people. Um, Do you know what else helped me? What? Uh, Emily came on the podcast and she talked about how this is one of her favourite tracks. And I'm pretty yeah, sure absolutely. you told me it was the uh, B-side to Paranoid Android on that episode. Oh, cheap. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, uh, th- th- this got a... It's got a huge number of votes from listeners. It's one of the like the preferred Radiohead B sides. It's so it's good, incredible. Um, ultimately, the right call to leave it off of OK Computer. It's too soaring. I think the the notion of escape presented in Polyethylene uh, is too hopeful. You reckon? Um, yeah, I think the version of escape that's on OK Computer is, is, is like the doomed escape that you hear about in exit music uh, and like imagining that you've been abducted by aliens. Yeah. It's much more downtrodden and this is too like triumphant. Yeah. That's for okay. Computer. I think it wouldn't know? be able to exist on okay. Computer in, in this form because of all the cool and the parts one, maybe, I don't know, but like I, I could see it on there, but yeah, that's part fair. two that's maybe fair. on its own or something. Yeah. Something yeah. Like I don't know. That. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it sounds amazing. And do you know what else I think sounds amazing? Me. Orgies. Uh, They do sound pretty good. Lucas Way. Straight in there with the Will guess. he respond? Well, um, <laughs> um, I've kind of got. I haven't really got. I haven't really got much. So great. Uh, we haven't had L to the Thief in a while. <laughs> we haven't. Have we? It's not cropped up. That's that, true. That. Even though I said I'm not going to do meta choices. Um, meta choice. Haven't had L yeah. to the Thief in a while. Fair enough. Um, very spooky. Mm. I would describe it as as having a menacing jazz vibe. Yeah, which with the title of The Amazing Sound of Orgy is really dirty. Uh, I will say that menacing jazz should give it to you right there. It, 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 it kind of sounds, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, I might be on a little bit of a, a limb here. Uh, it's like being on a haunted cruise ship in the 1930s and the band are all skeletons <laughs> such a specific thing it's also such yeah. a specifically adam thing <laughs> and adam that must have been hard for you to type i imagine uh when you when you thought about that oh, it's terrifying a bit 
Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna. Yeah. Uh, so it's got it's got, it's got that kind of hypnotic jazz drum loop, uh, which is occasionally interspersed by the sound of a drum kit falling down the stairs. Like you just would have just heard it at the end there. Occasionally, it just goes. Oh, good, good, good. Very uh, ghostly vocals. Some very evil sub bass. It's actually pretty simple. It just sounds super weird, um, and it's classically oblique in all respects uh did your mind instantly jump to sex when you read the title yeah but, Elaborate. It, but the, the word orgy doesn't necessarily mean a sex orgy right exactly so thomas talks about the word orgy being applicable to many things um an orgy of violence an orgy of gluttony uh and i think the the title is playing that trick twice because we typically use amazing as a very positive term. Like we go, oh, that's amazing. But you can be amazed by something negative, right? It's, it's, it's a feeling rather than a value judgment. Uh, and in the song, he sings about the amazing sound of the killing hordes, uh, which is a much darker way of using it, and brings to mind an orgy of violence. Yeah. Uh, that that line, the amazing sound of the killing hordes, is followed up by the uh, the day the banks collapsed. So he's talking in like large terms here, and he kind of talks about the media, the government, society. In, in in the second verse, I think cease this endless chattering, like everything is fine. When sorry is not good enough, sit in the back while no one drives. Brings to mind like loss loss of control, maybe. So it's kind of political, but it's also kind of oblique. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like it. It's, it's very, it's very odd. It's, it's a very odd. I like it. Uh, it's song. strange. It's spooky, and it's something different that we haven't heard really much of before. I guess maybe we suck young blood has some kind of like that's quite spooky. Yeah, similar stuff going on. Um, yeah, but um, like it's quite, it's quite warm and organic, but like weird and dark, and it's got like chopped up bits, and it's got bird song in it, which is what is making me stick with King of Limbs. It's it got might bird not be song in it. I th- it's either there's stuff that sounds like it. Whether I'm wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. shoot me again. Oh, God. To shoot. <laughs> really wants to get shot in the I head. I want it to sound bad. <laughs> okay, so you're going to stick with the King of Limbs. Uh, I'm going to stick. I'm sticking because I because ha- my initial suggestion was was baseless. Almost nah, change change it to Pablo Honey, and I'd rather not risk Why, uh, a complete it? bust out. For yeah, to, 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 to to change it to another complete guess, that would be that would be something. So you're sticking with Hail to the Thief. Sorry, it's Hail right? to the Thief. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. 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 So uh, four points to me because neither of you uh, nice. got it. That is an amnesiac. Uh, mm. oh, I don't remember that album. Spooky jazz oh. should immediately bring amnesiac to mind. Um, but also, it's it's the band experimenting with their sound in a very loose way. It's quite dark, but it's also also uh, playful. It would definitely fit on Amnesiac. That's their album that I think I could mess about with more than others. We talked about Amnesiac, uh, Amnesiac feeling a, a little bit like B-sides anyway. So it's not too surprising that I could swap out some of the Amnesiac B-sides with some of the album tracks. Um, it has such a spooky vibe, Steve, that yeah. you are picking up on. They played this live on the tour for the King of Limbs. Oh, okay. So you can absolutely, yeah, you see it fit in with the with the rest of those with the rest of those songs, right? 
Also, you sound saying like something sounds like it's falling down the stairs or a drum kit falling down the stairs. That's what sure. most of the drums sound like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. On today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about Buzzsprout, the user-friendly podcast hosting for non-techie people. I think that if this podcast has achieved anything, it's showing that literally anybody can start a podcast. Do you need any previous experience? No. Do you need top-of-the-range audio equipment? No. Do you need entertaining or insightful content? Absolutely not. But there is one thing that you will need, and that's podcast hosting or somewhere to store your podcast and deliver them to all of those podcast places, like the one where you're listening to this now. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. We here at Big Mates Enterprises use Buzzsprout to host and publish our podcast because it's the best and easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed on all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. That's Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Podcast Addict. The list goes on and on. The other thing we've found is that not only do you get useful and easy to understand statistics about how well your podcast is doing, but also that the support team is super helpful with somebody always on hand to answer questions and help our podcast succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message to the world, and you'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your podcasts, and much, much more. But wait, because the more is now. (laughs) Because if you follow the link in our show notes, when you sign up, it lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you. And do you know what that gets you? $20 worth of credit when you sign up for a paid plan and that warm feeling in your stomach knowing that not only are you on your way to podcast greatness but that you've helped support this show too. So if you're starting your podcast or you're looking to move your podcast use Buzzsprout and follow our link in the show notes. Back to the episode. Cut Tooth Don't shoot me. This sounds quite a lot like Coldplay. Yeah? Which era of Coldplay? Except like much, much messier, I think. It reminds me of some of the stuff on like X and Y, okay. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could hear that. I could hear that. Now you mention it. Now you mention it, Adam. Yeah. I could hear that. Now you mention it. It's, it's, 
It's not a B-side from X and Y, though. What is it? What is it a B-side from? Well, maybe it is, though. Is that the trick? Oh, it's the little red herring. This is a Coldplay song. <laughs> it's just a Coldplay song. <laughs> I'm tempted to say the Benz. Mm, say it, then. But like We did. He just said it. He did just say the words. <laughs> but okay. Because it feels quite 90s and quite dreamy. Um, but then, like, I don't, I don't think it's, ro- I don't think it's rocky enough. Stroke the shit. So therefore, I'm like, because then we've got. I don't think it's like. Uh, I think we're we're then post electro. I'm gonna say hell to the thief because I think it feels more modern. Even okay, nineties. Hell to the thief. Okay, Lucas, what, what are no. you saying, my friend? Uh, I'm no. No, you've locked in now. Go on, am, I, am I in? Okay. Uh, before you allowed him to unlock, uh, so well, don't don't make me play. <laughs> can you just clarify the rules, please? Are we allowed to unlock? Talking in my sleep at night. Um. On this occasion, no. <laughs> On the, okay, that's that's that specific. Okay. Yeah. What about? Are we allowed to? What about another times? Uh, it's a case by case basis. You'll have to okay. ask. I said case by case bassist. Yeah. Who is is someone who just does it like song by song? You know. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Steve, I agree with you. I think it sounds probably like maybe hell to thine thief. <laughs> thine thief. Um, this was also one of the most voted tracks by listeners. Was it? it is, people love fades in. Yeah, they love. Oh, is it fades in or fade ins? Fade ins. Fades in. Fade ins. Oh, I think it's fade ins. Fade ins. Fades in. Fade ins. And his gang gin from and, Oliver Twist. Is, do you say gin and tonics or gins and tonic? Gin, gins and tonics. Gin oh, you pluralise both of them. Gins well, because if you're having tonics. two glasses of gin and tonic, then you are having gins and tonics. No, you have two gin you and multiple toni- gins, no, and you have multiple tonics. Gin and tonic is, is, the, is tonic. the cocktail. It's two gin and tonics. No, it, it is actually it's gins and tonic. So you say I don't know, don't know if that's two double rums and diet cokes. At the no, bar. you'd say you'd say two uh, double rums and diet coke. The, in theory, the, the, in theory, is what you would say. The, the headphones made by Apple that are wireless, yeah. yeah, are called AirPod. What and the more expensive version of them are called uh, Golden AirPods. Yeah, go, yeah, Gold Edition. Oh, they've got the the Pro version. Oh yeah, AirPod Pros. Right? They're not called AirPod Pros. No, that was what you'd say, right? AirPods, AirPods Pro. Pro. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue it's, at it's all. It's the Pro version of AirPods. Yeah, I know that makes more sense. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well as AirPod Pros, does it? Right, fine. Look, maybe they do. Maybe they love fades in. Um, It is is often labelled as a standout B-side. It certainly has a groove and a vibe. There's a lot going on all at once. There's like backwards guitar piled on top of a few other guitar parts. There's ambient parts. There's that constant piano. There's a few rhythmic parts going on. The driving drums and the bass line. There's very few change-ups, but it does build and fall and ebb and flow a little bit. 
Uh, at one point, it all fades out to just the ambient track and the vocals, which is quite nice. And there are like swells. It's just quite a difficult song to like focus on. It's it's quite elusive. It's it's quite samey. It's uh, but then it, but then halfway through, uh, it's then there's some synth business, and the song isn't over. There's like another two minutes. Yeah, that's when it fades down to the ambient thing, I think. They just yeah. they fade everything else except the synths and then they fade it all back in. Because people love, no, love fades fade. This song love fades yeah. in. Uh, I, I like that driving piano throughout the whole song. Mm. It's different. It's something that Radiohead don't often do. Yeah. It's like a driving... Like They do piano, but it's generally soft and, and melodic. It's not like a, something that's a bit more rhythmic and, and driving and, you know... Yeah. Like Coldplay. Like Coldplay. Um, although not inspired by Coldplay, uh, undoubtedly inspired by the German band Can, which have come up a number of times this season. Again, file under Krautrock, guys. Um, it's about escape, I think. I will leave the wallpaper life and run away to the Foreign Legion. Describing your life as wallpaper is excellent. You just immediately intuit what that entails, your wallpaper life. Um, but it soon becomes apparent that this could be a downfall. It's not the positive aspect of escape it's like the depressing downbeat why bother trying to escape sort of version because it's radiohead the the, the title is cut classic. tooth um and to cut your teeth on something is to gain more insight into something or gain more practice at it you cut your teeth on something and there's a line in the song a little bit of knowledge will destroy you perhaps leading to the idea of like why step outside of your comfort zone if it, it'll just end up going badly and there's references to doors like uh doors being open and running through the doors and then it says uh, i'll build you up to pull you down tie you to your feet and watch you drown it's it's kind of like that don't get any big ideas sentiment uh from nude um and then the chorus is i don't know why i feel so tongue-tied i don't know why i feel so skinned alive which it shares with the song mixomatosis do you remember that mm. Mm. I, I, I like I quite like when the drum, like I do like it. I like I like when the drums fade back in, like you said after the ambient part. But like, I, I do think I like it's a bit long. In. It's a bit long for how monotonous his like vocals are. Like I think that yeah. kind of drags a bit in the song. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. there's a reason it's not it's a, on the album. But, oh no, well, it's a bloody B side, isn't it? It's an absolute bloody B side for me. I, I uh, can I shock you? Yeah. I responded more to this than polyethylene parts one and two. No. Well, that's because you're an awful human being. Hmm. That's actually really upset me. <laughs> Good. Oh. Good. <laughs> he looked me right in my eyes then, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What, what album is it missing from, you know? I wanted to change earlier, and you've cemented my change. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you talked about ambient and that kind of thing, and I think I was maybe in the right, Short amount of years, so that I'm therefore I'm going amnesiac. I think it's I think it's more towards that. It's a gamble so for him to change at this point, isn't it? Yeah. But he I'm has, too scared. He to make has that done change. it. He has done it. Is, I've done is it. The thing about it. I've done it. I'm too scared to make that change, so I'm gonna stick with Hill to thine theme. Okie dokie. Uh, that means that that is one point to Steve, who changed to the correct <laughs> answer. Uh, no points for Lucas. Three points for me. I did oh, really lovely, well Adam. That's, that's oh, lovely. lovely. Good oh, stuff. How, how good do those stuff. taste? Do they taste good? Oh, they mm, sweet. <laughs> because it's passive income. It's passive income. It is. You've done day, nothing. You've done absolutely um, nothing. The thing. I think passive income isn't isn't sweet. Passive income's like carbs. 
It's that slow burn energy. Oh, okay. Know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, the thing I find most interesting about some of these B-sides is that they are hinge points in Radiohead's career. Like, if this song is put on Amnesiac with the lyrics, I don't know why I feel so tongue-tied, I don't know why I feel so skinned alive, does Mixomatosis then not get written like that? Right, yeah. There's because... there, there's a few more of those as, as well, and, and we'll encounter some of them. A um, little bit of trivia. When the promo copy of Amnesiac was sent to a French radio station, Cut Tooth was track nine on the album. Oh. Instead of Hunting Bears, although the DJ announced it as Hunting Bears. So it might have been a misprint or like a, they, they, they didn't burn the CD properly. Either way, this song then got swapped between fans with the title Tongue Tied. Uh, you can hear Tom and Colin and Nigel in the background, finding out about this for the first time on uh, the Mark and Large show on Radio 1. Uh, and I'll, I'll play a little, a little clip of that. Amazing. Uh, some questions that people have been uh, sending in. I think the uh, email died and they sort of got through somehow on the phone or whatever. But uh, uh, James in Nottingham says, is there a new track called Tongue Tied being played on French radio? Tongue Tied? Tongue Tied? Um, I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, that would be cut to Oh, yeah, which is, like, going to be a, a, a B-side. How the hell do they get hold of that? Napster. <laughs> no, man, because it's not even... That's just not possible. So, which, which song is it? Um, it's, it's called Cut Tooth. Yeah. If it is that one. Yeah, it's uh, a B-side. Oh, right? It can't be, can it? Huh? We had copies of it on the market the weekend. I mean, <laughs> oh, right. one. Well, in Camden. Oh, no, you don't go down there. All right, no. okay. So. That's interesting, isn't it? Imagine being, I love that. like, I love that. surprised by that. Oh, it was also lovely to hear Mark and Lard. Oh, so nice to hear, Mark and Lard. Yeah. Um, I built a Millennium Dome. Yeah, in my back garden. Um, so how did I? Uh, yeah, interesting just to hear them be like confronted with that uh, <laughs> with that reality. Um, and they just assume it's a Napster situation because they don't realise. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have just been yeah. a bit of a fuck up. <laughs> that clip is sourced from a website called Citizen Insane, by the way. Uh, a hugely brilliant resource for Radiohead song history that has been... Uh, incredibly valuable in my research for this podcast in general. It's not being updated anymore. Somebody needs to rescue that. There's a huge amount of knowledge uh, on that site that is just kind of sitting there. Um, it would be. You say it's not getting updated anymore. What what new stuff would be being updated? Well, there's no moon shaped pool stuff on there, that, and they do all the solo albums as well. And it's just yeah, it's 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 been been dormant for a little while, which is a shame because there's it's no information about really in depth. It used to be really really in depth. Um, the next song is called Banana Co.
Irex. 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 Uh, uh, Irex Benz. Rex uh, re- Reasons being, something about the acoustic guitar sound sounds Benzy. Mm. Benzian. A bit bendy. Well, let's and let's refer to our Benz expert, Steve, and see if he agrees with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Lucas. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Bendy. interesting. Oh, maybe I'll change my mind. It's also, it's also quite loud, quite loud. Uh, yeah. The choruses, the dig it out somehow, or, or, or the heavy bits are, are way less interesting to me than the verses. The old banana co bits really love the vocal melody. But I also like the R.E.M. style jangly guitar. Of course, yeah. a lot of debt to R.E.M. and Pixies here. Pixies who, in turn, owe a debt to R.E.M. Um, what do you guys think of the song? What, what are you making of it? We can't not mention the fact that they do the Mission Impossible riff in it. We talked about this. We talked about this on Voice Memo the other day. We did. Frustrating. And Adam, you said you don't like that it doesn't resolve. Yeah. But... It does. It doesn't. Sort it doesn't of. do the second bit. It it does the last it, note of of the. Yeah, yeah. it does like dead in at the end. No, it it goes no no no. Yeah. So it does the resolution. It just doesn't do the whole riff. And and, and it does the bit that happens in the real Mission Impossible theme is that it then goes, <laughs> which obviously I really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to be honest, the most notable thing about the song to me. Oh really? really? I really like it. Yeah, I really, oh, I really like, really like it. Yeah, no, it's fine, but it's. Just, I mean, maybe also at this point, fatigue of being nineteen songs in. Do you listen on shuffle? Well, maybe at this point, fatigue of yeah. But when I do my notes, I listen in order. Right. Okay. So you get so, fatigued in that one. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get fatigued in okay. one sitting. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I obviously like this one. Uh, it's track 19 rock songs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so that's the meme, isn't it? The it's track the, the 19 classic. rock songs. Yeah. Steve loves the track 19 on the album. Uh, the acoustic guitar, the soaring lead guitar, the rhythm. Uh, it's got to be the Benz. I mean, there's a good chance it could have come in between Pablo and, and Benz, but I think I'm going with the Benz. But like, I just think I just think it's a really good song. I think the way that the vocals soar and it goes up, I think and that's really great. Um, Banana Co. There's always money in the banana yeah, coat. I, mean, I literally uh, extra points for the fact that I wrote in my notes. Steve's going to make a joke about the banana stand. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah. the song is about banana republics. You know that term? I've heard of it's the a shop, right? Shop, they yeah. sell like clothes. It's not, and, yeah. not about the clothing store. It's, it's, it's actually weird that the uh, the store has that name. So in. In the early to mid 20th century, the United Fruit Company would buy up huge amounts of land in places like South and Central America or in the Caribbean to grow bananas and other fruit. And they would, in doing that, take control of or displace indigenous and native populations. Entire villages and towns fell under the control of the United Fruit Company and became known as Banana Republics because the political and socio-economic status of these regions would be dictated by the needs and wants of the multinational company that had business there rather than by people or by politicians. In fact, they would bribe politicians, exploit the workers, pay no tax, and they would consolidate monopolies. They obviously had a huge impact, most often negative, on the area and the people, even though those people became wholly reliant on it. It's it's linked to uh, 
neo-colonialism, basically. And so the song... Sounds sounds similar to the East India Trading Company yes, situation. Exactly. Sounds like another one of them. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and so the song talks about, we really love you and we need you, but also the suspicion of, we'd really love to believe you. It, it's an abusive relationship, but also economic dependency. The line, if you die, then we all do, sums up really nicely, because he's singing to the banana company. Um, and and that is said actually in, in in the song by a female character from the looks of it who denies the advances of potential lovers or a potential lover and this seems to be based on a character from the book One Hundred Years of Solitude by Garcia Marquez uh, which is set against the backdrop of a South American village changing under the control of a dominant company there is a trope in that book of things being burned down which also links to the final lines of this song everything's burning down we've got to put it out somehow. Um, originally performed live in May 1992. So nearly a year before Pablo Honey came out uh, and about four months before they started recording that album. Uh, this may have been in contention for Pablo Honey at one point. And it certainly feels more in keeping with that album, like the Creep versus Inside My Head thing. Uh, this feels more like Creep, that kind of melodic, grand kind of feeling. Um, but it also has a lot more of the kind of socially aware, cultural third world aspect of something that we heard on something like Pearly, right? Yeah. So it's what are you a, saying about it? Well, if it, it uh, I did, yeah. If it, if it, if this was a B side to a Pablo Honey single, and maybe not Creep, but it would have been, it would have, it would have outshone it. Mind you, what did what was on Pablo Honey? What did they? That was you think this is better guitar? than Creep? No, I'm saying if it was like, is it anyone could play guitar and was it you? What else? What are they? Like, I think stop it was whispering just or something. Can, oh yeah, stop whispering. That's right. Maybe like maybe if it was on that, then it would be better than that. Maybe yeah. Oh, I love to stop whispering, so ignore that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. It go, it's sort of in the melody in the verse. It goes da 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 da, which sounds like Creep. However. Benz, sticking with the Benz. I think they saved it. Because I know there was like so many singles from the Benz, I can't remember which ones. There was like a double A side and all sorts as well. There was. Um, yeah. Planet Telex and High and Dry? That is, that is one of them. That is the single that uh, Maculadora uh, appeared on. Oh, okay. Thanks. That helps. Um, doesn't. So I know there was loads of singles off the Benz, so the fact that I've said the Benz a lot doesn't mean anything. So many Benz. Um, so you're sticking Ben's, with Bendy the Bendy Ben, Ben, Ben. Look at what you do. Steve's confidence uh, oh, is, 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 is uh, intoxicating. <laughs> also, I think all of the stuff you just said was of just a big fucking red herring. I think he took a herring and mm. he cut it open so it bled everywhere oh. and it was red. You know, the, the red herring is naturally red on the outside. You don't need to. What? Do... <laughs> yeah, what? Lucas has been doing it wrong. What have you been doing? <laughs> Um, I'm a pretty messy fisherman, to be honest. So did, yeah, no, that is your about you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the messy fisherman. <laughs> so yeah. is so is that uh, is that you sticking with with the bends in that case? Stick. Okay, interesting. Well, you're both right. Both two points on that one. Um, Cheers, Steve. I wouldn't say it's a huge Sorry. red herring because Maculadora, which is about all the environmental devastation of the US-owned Mexican factories, is from the same era. It's uh, you know similar social concerns. What on earth is that shop doing being called Banana Republic? Yeah, that's After mad, what you just told me. Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. very weird. Okay. Um, okay. 
They recorded a live acoustic version of, of Banana Co for a radio station in early 1993. Uh, and, it, and in the same session did uh, How Can You Be Sure as well. Uh, but uh, that, that version of Banana Co was released on the Pop Is Dead single. And the Itch EP, which collected a bunch of Pablo Honey B-sides and rarities. This version, however, was recorded around the time of the Benz. So it's an old song. Oh. It's a new recording. Um, okay. And it was also in contention for the Benz. It was in contention for Pablo Honey. It was in contention for the Benz. You've got to remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, they kind of wrote Pablo Honey and the Benz at the same time. Tom had a cassette of demos for the Benz while they were recording Pablo Honey. Uh, The title track, The Benz, was performed as early as 1992, with the album coming out in like 1995. Um, The version of Banana Co. was initially released on a benefit compilation called criminal justice acts the act in january 1995 at which point they just counted it out from being on the bends and then made it the b-side to street spirit in 1996 so even though it sounds very early like very early uh radiohead it's on the same cd as the ones that we mistook for okay computer era songs bishop's robes Mm. and talk show host uh which is interesting because they signify the route to okay computer but this one is squarely the bends um yeah uh, it's a similar sort of headspace to to, to Macladora and, and and the Bends and stuff, and kind of you know an early example of them writing about that kind of stuff. And they'd go on to work with like Amnesty International, and they'd do the Help CD, and they do benefits for Haiti. It's always been sort of like uh, a concern for them. Um, it's heating up in the scores, to be honest with you, lads. It's heating up. So is it though? Here we go. Last song, uh, Fog again. Again, uh, Steve, uh, you thought this was my title on the MP3s I sent you, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You thought yeah. I just—I was trying to d- differentiate between the yeah. the fogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is called fog again with, yeah, with again yeah. in brackets. Yeah. Um, so what are you saying? What are you saying? I can't remember the last episode, so I think I think I said hell to the thief. I'm trying to think of what fog was, which will help me. And I can't remember. So I think it was uh, on Amnesiac, but I'd said Hail to the Thief. However, I don't think they would put Fog again on the same. I'm going to go the next album over, which is Hail to the Thief, which is what I maybe originally said. Some kind of demented logic in there, I think, Lucas. Sure, what why you? not? <laughs> what are you going uh, for? No, to be honest, I, I had a very similar thought. So I'm pretty certain I also said it was Hail to the Thief and we were both wrong and it was Amnesiac last time. But... In the interest of having some spice, I will go. Maybe they did use the same song in two different versions, so I will go with Amnesiac because that was the version that Fog 1.0 was on. I think. 
Okay, okay. Fog, fog worse. Yeah, let's call it fog worse. Because, you know, as you can hear, this is a live recording. Uh, and they have what I like to call like spinning plates to it. Another one of the, like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a live solo piano performance of a song that has a more business-filled counterpart. Like, like spinning plates. It's like, like, like spinning plates. Um, you know what winds me up, though? Go on. This is the original. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Again. Not, not this specific live recording, but Tom would have taken this piano-only version to the band, and they all came up with what we heard earlier, amongst, I'm sure, many, many other versions. The fact that it's called uh, Again doesn't necessarily sort of tell you very much, I don't think. Um, well, it tells you it came after the other one. I don't know. It's radio heads. Radio does it? a radio head, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> but uh, good point. Whereas, whereas with Gagging Order and How I Made My Millions, some of the other songs that we've seen uh, over these last couple of episodes, they didn't leave this alone, uh, and I think they yeah. should have done, because right. this version is absolutely uh, beautiful, isn't it? It's lovely. absolutely lovely. It's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And Lucas, I'm not surprised this is the version that you prefer. Yeah, of course it's, it's lovely. Of course it bloody is. I wish I could play piano. You can properly. if you learned. What, what? What? Just learn. I mean, you could play piano if you piano. learned. I've got a piano over there. Oh, and I was going to start taking piano lessons, then I and then I, then I didn't. That, that's <laughs> why you haven't been able to play. That's it. why you can't play piano. Yeah, anyone can play piano. Mm. Uh, so it is called Fog again. It's the original composition, but maybe not the original original version. So when when was it released as a B side? Are you both sticking? I think you both said Hell of the Thief. Are you both sticking with Hell of the Thief? No, no I didn't. I said Amnesia. Oh, okay. I said Hell of the Thief. I'm sticking. And I'm sticking to that okay. fact. Yeah. Okay. That's Hell very of the interesting. Thief for Steve. Also, I like Adam that you ended the playlist on Thank You and Good Night. Thank You and Good Night. Uh, yeah. And a, and a there. different version of uh, a song that we'd already had. Um, Steve, is, Steve has stuck, which means two points to him. Because it is, it is indeed hell to the thief. Uh, Lucas gets no points, and I get two points because I'm a greedy little goblin yeah. boy. Um, was the original one Amnesiac? Yes, the original one was Amnesiac, uh, which, so, Steve, so logic which was Steve got right. Sound. Steve got right, <laughs> um, oh, but he uh, he then uh, he, he fucked it, and those points were erased. Uh, so that's right, uh, that's what happened. Yep. In promotion for Hell to the Thief, Tom and Johnny performed an acoustic gig for French TV at Le Reservoir in Paris, and Tom does this. And it's then released as a B-side on the Go to Sleep single about five weeks after the performance. Um, great little gig, that. Worth seeking out. Um, what do we think of the B-sides in general, guys? Like, pretty good. Like, there's a lot of good stuff. There's, there's a, a smattering of bloody B-side uh, stuff going on. But, like, you know, polyethylene's in this list and, like, yeah, Maquiladora and stuff. So, like... I had a great time listening to this playlist. You know, there's a couple of stuff that I was just like, okay, fine, sure. I think it's just an interesting little little uh, yeah. little selection, but I do think it, on the whole, it, it rises above most bands. Just a bunch of B sides syndrome. Like we've always said, we always say this, but Radiohead, good band, good good band, good, huh? good songwriters. Even their B sides meet like a basic level yes. of competency. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the fact that Polyethylene Parts One and Two is on the same. Physical CD as Paranoid Android. Yeah. What a great CD to get. 
Yeah, I know. Right? Like, how huge is that? That's It'll be so a better cool. CD to get, though. OK Computer. Is, is that be on the album and OK Computer include those songs? Sure. Right, I mean, if you like that song as much as you do, which you do, and I don't. No, but that, that, no, no, no. I, I don't think OK Computer is better just for having one extra good song on it. But more is more. Okay. Right. Sure. The, the thing that fascinates me about Radiohead B-Sides is like, how do they decide? And it's not how do they decide what goes on the album and what doesn't. It's how do they decide? How do they know to sit on Nude for 10 years? But st- and never B-side it. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. still not manage to land on one version of Fog to release. Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how do they know when something's finished? But, but not worth putting on an album versus unfinished even for a B-side. How does Nude not end up as a B-side? They must have recorded I Am A Wicked Child and gone, well, it's not good enough for the album, but it's as good as that song is going to get. Which, which is an incredibly intuitive place to be as a band, I think. That's why the True Love Waits thing is so interesting, that they waited yeah. that long. Yeah, it really shows that they must have an idea of certain songs. They go, look, there's there's a fucking good song in there's here. Something we just we need haven't to find maybe it. necessarily cracked yeah. it, but we let's let's not waste this song. I guess because why? Uh, if if you weren't doing that, you would just work on everything until it's album worthy, and then stick it on another album. Um, although I think some of the answer to that is probably pressure. You needed to have tracks for B sides back then, and you don't anymore. And that's why I don't know if you've noticed this. The latest album that we covered today is Hail to the Thief. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every yeah, time yeah. Steve suggested in Rainbows... Or King I, of Limbs. I, I, yeah. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to play the hand, but as soon as I, you said the playlist, I was like, well, at least I know there's going to be nothing later than Hail to the Thief. Yeah. Because in, in Rainbows, they did have extra songs. They released them on a fucking track two, yeah. disc two. And then King of Limbs and, and, and the Moonshape Pool were much more just self-contained things that, you know... No, no extra business. King of Limbs, they literally only had nine songs when the album came out, and they released a couple of singles after it. A Moonshape Pool, they literally had one straggler, which was Ill Wind, and we covered all of those. The last, the last time they had any traditional B-sides was Hail to the Thief, which is, which is why all of this, everything that we've heard today and discussed and listened to and heard, it's from a span of 10 years. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's, it's it, that's mad. To be fair, yeah, it, it's it's nineteen ninety three to two thousand and three. It's you know it's it's all recorded in 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 that span of time, um, and they 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 span quite a quite a, a lot of genres and tones and styles in in that you know in, in that short amount of time. I, it just staggers it, it staggers me. How do they know nude was worth saving? Why wasn't Big Boots ever even given a B side status? Were they saving that for something? Were they saving it like like for True Love Waits? Same with Lift. These legendary lost songs that aren't B-sides. Food for thought. But right now, it is time for the final scores. What do you reckon? Who do you reckon has won? Uh, Lucas, Lucas won. You. Um, so, oh yeah! Look at Adam's one. Oh, with yeah. he hoovered up because there was not a round where oh no there wasn't a round where I didn't get any points. But if the, Adam hoovered up a lot of points there with twenty six points, we have me. I have twenty six. Yeah, well points. done, congratulations, Steve. You also have twenty six points. Steve, okay. Steve drew level with somebody who wasn't playing. Um, <laughs> Hooray, Lucas. Not as not as decisive a victory as as, as you might think. Thirty points. 
Okay. Still a win to win. Yeah. You know what? Win I absolutely, I'm going to fucking kick myself for a, a lifetime. The fact that I said that Kid A had no singles because I was so desperate to impress Adam with yep. the fact that I knew that Kid A had no singles. I guarantee. I totally ruined the game for myself. I guarantee Lucas had Kid A written down on his Definitely. sheets somewhere. I bet you he had. I, I mean, I, me- I mentioned I had, I think, about yeah, three times. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, three times, that's six points. So I would have won. If we can sidestep that crushing <laughs> disappointment for a few moments, uh, yes. cast your mind back to everything that we've heard, listened to, discussed over these mm. last couple of episodes. Was it music? Polyethylene, though. Yeah, polyethylene, though. Also, boom, ba Is that, what is, is it? Oh, oh, it's worry war. It's worry war. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we go, I'd, I'd love to read an email if that's possible. I'd love that as well, Adam. Can you, though? Are you capable? This is from L. Wolf. Oh. Hello. AKA. Cool. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Thanks, Lucas. I was getting a bit cool. confused. Hello, cool. big mates. I am a middle European teenage boy, the type of teenage boy who loves rock, the type of teenage boy who presents himself online with some stupid nickname like L Wolf instead of his real name. And so, yeah, there you go. That's about me. I don't know when you'll get to this email, so just to be clear, I'm writing this at the time when you're on the Hail to the Thief episode. So that was about three years ago, is that right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah, roughly. Yeah. yeah, I've just finished listening to OK Computer Part 1 and thought about messaging you and thanking, uh, thanking you for what you do, because what you do is awesome. Oh, that's very kind. Uh, I found you through Instagram like a week ago. I was just scrolling through some Radiohead-related posts. I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I can't put to words how much I love them. And I saw one of your posts, and I was like, what's this? So I went to Spotify put on the first episode of the fourth season. I really, really enjoyed it. I listened to a few episodes during the week and today had a free day. So guess what? I listened to you almost nonstop today. Seven episodes, had some laughs and stuff. Lovely time. Right. Seven, ep- seven, seven of our episodes one is about day. 14 yeah. hours, isn't that's it? So <laughs> Can much you imagine doing that? That's, that's incredible. Um, I'm super happy I found you. It's awesome listening to a podcast about a music band I love, getting to know the band better and have someone to share some thoughts about the band and stuff and just generally about music because I'm a bit of a music nerd, you know. I'm the type of person like Steve. The music itself is mostly important to me, but I'm also curious about the context of the music and what, when, where, why, how and everything. Um, My favourite song by Radiohead is probably Nude or How to Disappear Completely, the two songs that make me feel anxious and weird, and I love and hate that feeling at the same time. Those two songs especially just make me want to cry out of sadness and out of joy at the same time. Music is life, guys, and my favourite album is In Rainbows. Hi there, Lucas. Followed by, well, I don't know. They're all fucking great masterpieces. Pablo Honey does chart lower for me, unsurprisingly, although it has some brilliant songs like Blowout or Lurgy. So yeah, just wanted to thank you for everything. I love you all. I'm going to shut up now. But before I do that, here are some of my tips for the next season. So they would like Nirvana, Depeche Mode, Blur, Queens of the Stone Age, Arcade Fire, or REM. Now, two of those made the final of the bracket. Will it be the next season? And, Who knows? And three of them were on the bracket. Oh, no, Arcade Fire got removed. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, thank you for your email, L. Wolf. Love it. I mean, the why not? AKA the wolf. The wolf. AKA yeah, 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 yeah. And and why not? Very, very cool to hear from you. Also, what else is very cool is our Patreon subscribers. And uh, if you subscribe to the Biggest Mates uh, tier, I'm going to dedicate an episode to you. And guess what, Sammy? Today's your day. Just Sammy. 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 They go by Sammy on the Discord too. You know who you are. This one's for you. Enjoy. Um, My victory belongs to you. Indeed. Nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode is out next Monday, and we'll be exploring Radiohead's reissues of OK Computer, Kid A, and um, and, um, um, and Amnesiac. So come and join us for that. But before you do, come and let us know what you thought of those B-sides, what you thought of Lucas's glorious victory. Um, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, What Is Music Pod, TikTok at What Is Music. If you'd like to send in something a little bit longer, like El Wolf did. Uh, A.K.A. The Wolf. Thank you, Lucas. We will read it out on the show. Uh, email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard here and you thought I'd like more of that, head on over to our Patreon page. You're going to find extra podcast shows a Manic Street Preachers show, a playlist show where we explore all kinds of different artists and genres and eras, making themed playlists. We've got bonus commentaries, other music discussion episodes, ad-free episodes of this show, a really cool Discord community, and archaeological peril. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod, or you can follow the link in our show notes for up to two podcast episodes every single week. Um, there are other ways you can support us if you'd like to. You could buy some of our merchandise by going to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com or send us a little one-off donation on coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash whatismusic. Uh, the best way to support us is what you're doing right now, though, which is listening to us, uh, and we're incredibly grateful for that. Uh, there is no expectation of subscription or money. It's just if you want more of us, really. Uh, but please do feel free to rate the show, subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. I'm sure there's lots of Radiohead fans out there who would really enjoy this show. Uh, that about does it. Thank you again for listening. Before you go, please don't leave Polly me. Polly and Lean. Don't leave me. one and Bye. two. <laughs> I love that. Do that every episode. Good night, everybody. Thank you.